0: In the beginning of this series, we've, we've been it Surviving the Holidays. The first uh, session we did, we, we, we used the movie Home Alone and we talked about where's Kevin. And we went back to a passage in scripture where Joseph and Mary lost their boy. And, and maybe, maybe uh, uh, they lost Jesus and they had to find him. Maybe you've lost Jesus during the holidays. Maybe the meaning of Jesus has not been there. At the beginning of this, uh, what kind of kicked this off for me was Nan was putting together a nativity set in our house. And as she was putting together an nativity set, she started uh, putting it together. And all of a sudden, I heard her say, I can't find something. I can't find something. And I said, well, what is it, honey? She said, I, I, I can't find Jesus. I can't find the baby Jesus. And so then she, she started reaching down in the box and feeling around. She said, I can't feel Jesus in the box. I can't feel him. Well, some folks haven't been able to feel Jesus for a while. You haven't felt him. I mean, all of a sudden she starts sitting, she starts giving this whole illustration. I said, "Baby, you're preaching my message. Hallelujah." Some people can't find Jesus. Some people uh, have lost Jesus. They've lost the meaning of Jesus in the midst of the whole thing, and and so often we we don't we recognize the baby Jesus. But I want you to understand the baby Jesus grew up. Hello. So, I want you to understand, yeah, he's the Christmas Jesus, but he's also the Easter Jesus. He's also the resurrected Jesus. Hello? He's the resurrected Jesus. He was the baby Jesus, but now he's the resurrected Jesus. He's ascended to the Father and he's coming back one day. For the Lord himself said, Descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive. Oh, you're not impressed. That's okay. I'm not talking about me quoting a scripture. I'm talking about the fact that there's a reality. This living Christ that ascended to the Father is coming back. He's coming back. And what's funny to me is that the disciples were standing there looking up into the heavens. And, and as they're looking up into the heavens after Jesus ascended, you have to understand, we, we live in a day and age where we see Superman fly off and we see superheroes fly and X-Men and all kinds of stuff. But in that day, they had, they had no concept. They didn't have movies. that no They didn't have airplanes. They didn't have helicopters. They never saw hot air balloons. They never saw anybody leave the ground. And all of a sudden, they're talking to Jesus. And the last thing they anticipated him doing was the Superman. And, you know, most of the time we see these uh, pictures of Jesus ascending. It's like this. I don't think he did that. Jesus was too much of a man's man. I think he did the original Superman. He went, boom, see you guys. You know, my point is this, they saw Jesus ascend and the angels came and they said, same angels that came and said to, to the, to the uh, shepherds, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. They show up and they say, look, why stand you here looking up into the heavens? I don't think they said it like that. They just said, what y'all doing, boys? Why are you looking up there? He's coming back in the same way. I got news for you this morning. He's the Christmas Jesus, but he's also the resurrected Jesus. Amen? He's the resurrected Jesus. So we talked about the fact that during the holiday, sometimes you can't find Jesus. Sometimes you've been through some losses. Maybe it isn't Jesus that you've lost. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost some things in your household. Maybe you lost a job. I don't know what it is you've lost, but during this holiday, I want you to understand that Jesus is the reason for the season. No matter what you've lost, he is the one who is able to make up for every loss this morning. And then last week, we talked about the enemy. We talked about the throne of lies. And, and we picked up uh, just a phrase from uh, the movie Elf where he talks about the throne of lies. And, and, and the reality is the enemy, we gave you seven different lies the enemy tries to, to uh, put in your life during this time of year. And, and lies that he tries to pull you down with. But this morning, I want to give you some truths. And, and in order to do that, I described the enemy to you last week, but it's not enough to describe the enemy. Most people think that the Revelation, the book of Revelation, is about the Antichrist. It's not. It's about the Christ. Talks a little bit about the Antichrist, but it mostly talks about the Christ. I want you to get your eyes off of the Antichrist and get your eyes on the Christ. Come on now, we're not looking at 666, we're looking for 777. He's showing up this morning. We got the 411 on the 777 this morning. Come on, hallelujah. Dial 911 to heaven and get the 777. Here we go. All right, I want, to, I want to describe Jesus to you, Just if, you, if you'll stay with me for just a few moments. Revelation 22, 1 through 5. Let's look at it on the screen here. And he showed me a pure river of water and of life, clear, clear as a crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. We're talking about Jesus. Verse 2. And in the middle of its street and on, the, on either side of the river was a tree of life, which bore 12 fruit, each tree yielding its fruit every month. Man, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm talking about. The leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And there shall no more, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Now, this morning, as I'm reading this to you and as I'm reading to you about Jesus, I don't want you to listen to it like yeah, I've heard that verse before. I want you to put yourself in the heaven of the heavens. I want you to put yourself in a place that your imagination can't even begin to describe what is happening in the heaven of the heavens in the holy of holies, where God himself is the spectacle. God himself is the illuminating phosphorescent glory that outshines every other star. If you ever saw um, the movie years ago, Back to the Future, the guy picks up his guitar, he turns up the amp as, as loud as he can. He hits the guitar and all of a sudden Boom, it blows him away. I got news for you. That ain't nothing compared to the blowing away you're going to get one day when you see the author and the finisher of your faith, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the one who created light, the one who created all that is, the one who breathes upon you and changes everything, the one who speaks everything into existence, the one who is all power, all might, all dominion this morning. Come on with me. Put yourself in the place where you're seeing Jesus himself for the very first time in all of his glory. Let's keep reading. I want, you to, I want you to go with me to the heaven of the heavens. Verse 4 again. And they shall see his face and his name shall be on there. You're going to get to see the face of the one who loved you so much. He laid down his life for you. Verse 5. And there shall be no more night there. And they need no lamp nor light of the sun for the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Listen, on Christmas Eve, I want to talk to you just for a few moments about what light is. Five different elements of light. You're gonna, it's going to blow you away. We're going to talk about that on Christmas Eve. I want us to look at Isaiah 53 too. Isaiah 53 T, if we can pull that up. And he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. When we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, Jesus didn't come as a fashion model in a cosmopolitan magazine. He came just like you and I. He did not have a form that people would look at him and say, wow, look at him. They saw something in his eyes that changed them. They heard something in his voice that shifted their reality. They felt something in his touch that was not sensuality, but was compassion like they had never felt before. Like power, like healing that flowed through him. When they saw him, they saw something different. It wasn't because his teeth were straight. It wasn't because his hair was was put just right. It wasn't any of those reasons We many times look in the mirror and don't like what we see. We don't like our image. We say, God, why didn't you do better with me? God said, listen, I sent my son among you to show you that I look on the heart of the man, not the outward appearance. Come on now. Daniel 7, 9. I watched till thrones were put in its place and the ancient of days. Woo, come on now. The God who always was, is, and shall be. The God who had no beginning and will never have an ending. The ancient of days. He may be old, but he ain't, he ain't slow, folks. He's light. One hundred and thirty-six, 186,000 miles per second fast. His garment was white as snow. The hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame. Its wheels a burning fire. Can you imagine? Here's Daniel seeing him. In all of his glory and out of his mouth, he is just describing something. It's just coming forth out of his spirit. His garment white as snow. His hair of his head like pure wool. My God, his throne was like a fiery flame. He wasn't quoting a scripture. He wasn't writing a literature piece. He was describing what he was seeing. The throne was a fiery flame. Its wheels a burning fire. Come on now. You're not excited yet. Revelation uh, Revelation 19, 12. His eyes were like a flame of fire on his head and were many crowns. Every crown represents the fact that he's a God of all authority. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. Verse 13. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called what? His name is called what? his name is called what? Come on. Now we're talking about the word, the living word of God. Let's look at John 20 verse 27 through 28. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. In other words, In the natural, they saw him after the resurrection, and he still had the scars. Everything else healed but the scars. The scars were a covenant statement. He was making a covenant statement. I'm not removing these scars because these scars represent the fact that I'm in covenant with you, that I I paid the price for you. Every sin that was ever committed, I paid the price for. And, you know, most of us, we look at scars and we're upset about having a scar. We don't, we don't, oh man, I don't, I mean, one time I was out with my father-in-law on a Christmas. We went out there and my father-in-law, he's a Kansas redneck. He took me out uh, shooting and he, and he handed me, he said, well, we got to check a fence real quick. And so we go check the fence. He said, now it's an electric fence. I need you to take this, this, uh, screwdriver over there and just put it right next to the fence and see if you get a spark. I said, oh man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And so I, I he said, just, 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 just get real ease up on it, ease up on it. And just, just, just get it close. And we'll see if it's, if the fence is actually, um, you know, if, if it's hot, I'm like, I, I feel like it's hot. I feel like it's hot. I, I feel like it's hot. And, and he, I, I, I don't know why I did it because I was afraid of not doing it. Um, so I walked over and I, and I get real close to it. And just as I start, he said, are you close enough yet? Have you seen anything? I said, no. He said, closer, closer, closer. He's in the pickup behind me. I'm out there being an idiot. And I'm just right there. And just about the time I got right up next to the fence with the, with the screwdriver to, to, for the spark, he pulls a pistol out of his car out there in the country, shoots it up in the air and goes, Pow! You should have seen me. The screwdriver went flying. I went whoa! I had a Holy Ghost spasm right there. So the next thing he did is he said, "Listen, come with me. We're gonna we're gonna go shooting. I want you to I want you to." Sh-. I said, "We've we, we've done enough for today. We've we've done enough." And so he took me out and, and he said, "Now I want you to look through the scope of this rifle. And I want you to just look through it. Just look through that scope. Look through that scope. Can you see?" He goes, "Now now just just." Just get your eye right up there. Look right into the scope. Get it up against your head, right against your eye so you can see real good. He said, now just barely, barely, sque- just, just put your finger on the trigger and just, just, just ease, ease, ease. I said, I said, yeah, I can see it. I, I, he goes, yeah, just get your head right there. And I'm telling you, I, he said, now, now pull the trigger. I pulled it and it went bam. It busted my head open. I'm not kidding. He said, I ruined your movie career, didn't I? Only thing you're going to do now are action movies. (laughs) I said, I still have this in my hand. The problem is I don't know which one of you to shoot. (laughs) I have no idea why I told you that story. I have no idea. There was a reason, but somewhere in the middle of the pain of remembering, I got hit in the head. I forgot why I told you. The story, but scars. I let. I thought I was going to have a scar forever. Thank you, Hunter. I thought I was going to have a scar forever. But but the reality is, Jesus kept his scars because He wants us to understand that He loves us. That He loves us. The same scars that Thomas touched one day, you may be touching in the heaven of the heavens when you come before Jesus, and He says, "Listen, I want you to feel." I want you to feel the scar in my hand. I want you to feel the scars in my hands that I took for you. Can, can you even imagine it? Can you, can, I mean, your wildest imagination sitting beside the Lamb of God. Let's look at Matthew 17, 2 and 3. Matthew 17, 2 and 3. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. I mean, Jesus shows up on the Mount of Transfiguration, illuminated. I mean, this is a guy they've been walking around with. But now all of a sudden, they start to see him in all of his glory. Let's look at Revelation 1, 14 and 15. And his head and his hair were were, were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. Verse 15. And his feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. And watch this. His voice as the sound of many waters. Anybody ever been to the beach? Let me see your hands. Have you ever tried to scream out to somebody who's way out in the water? My wife likes to go all the way out to where the ships are. I'm like, please come back, honey. Please, please, please. She just, I don't understand it, but there's this need inside of her to go as far out as she can possibly go. Have you ever tried to scream at somebody who's way out there? Now, it's, the, the sound of many waters is very loud. In fact, it's one of the most powerful sounds. It's, it's a very, very high decibel level. And yet, it's so strange because the very thing that's so loud, you, you don't realize how loud it is. You're tr- calling out to them because of the, the loudness of the, the waves rolling. But the very same sound is one of the most peaceful sounds in the universe. He said his voice was like the sound of many waters. It was powerful. And yet at the same time, it was peaceful. Wow. Come on now. Luke 2, verse 40. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with what? With what? And the grace of God was upon him. So the child grew up in wisdom and grace. Let's look at Matthew 28, 3. Matthew 28, 3. And his countenance was like what? Lightning. And his clothes as white as snow. Have you ever been out on a snowy day and it's so bright you can hardly look? It glistens. It's, it's, it's so bright. When the sun hits that that snow, you can hardly look at it. You, you almost need sunglasses because it is so bright. Here's what he's saying. He's saying he was so bright. His countenance was so bright. It caused you to just... My God, what is going on here? Look at, uh, let's look at uh, Luke 2 52. And Jesus increased in what? And what else? And in favor with God and man. So Jesus continues to grow while he's on the earth. He increases in wisdom and stature, favor with God and man. Look at John 1 14. And the Word became flesh, means he tinted among us. He, he was God with skin on. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's the word for tabernacle or tent. He, he pulled up right next to you and built a house next to your house. But it wasn't enough to have a house next to your house. He wanted to be in your house. But it wasn't enough to be in your house. He wanted to be in your house. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. In other words, when we saw Jesus, we saw the father. In other words, when when you look at Jesus, you see see the outbursting of the Father. You see the countenance of the Father. You see the the intonation of the Father in his voice. you, You recognize him. Let's look at Philippians 2, verses 7 and 8. But speaking of Jesus, but made himself of what? No reputation. What do you mean he made himself of no reputation? He hung out with people like we just saw on the video. People who didn't understand. People who said, I like to party with Jesus and wear a tuxedo. <laughs> like, like, like they would say things that, 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 that they should be embarrassed to say in front of Jesus, but they don't even know that that's embarrassing. Because they have no concept of who we're talking about, the Ancient of Days. The one who spoke the whole world into existence he made himself of no reputation. And you say, so, so you're making fun of people who don't know any better. No, no, no. My point is, Jesus went to them. Now understand, them, them is us. <laughs> them is us. He went to them. That's why when he went out, they said he was a wine bibber. Because he was out with people who were broken, who were wounded, who were who were out there trying to anesthetize their pain. He didn't come to tell them it was okay. He caught a woman in the act of adultery. They did, threw her at his feet, wanted him to stone her. And he said, woman, where are your accusers? And then he said something very interesting in the middle of all that because he had the right to speak into her life because he had had spoken peace into her life because he had stood up for her. He then had the right to speak into her life and he said, woman, go and sin no more. Stop doing things that hurt you. Stop, stop living in the cycle of addictions and the cycle of craziness that keeps pulling you down. He made himself of no reputation in the sense that he went and walked among the people, taking the form of a servant. He did not come being born in a palace. He was born in a manger. And coming in the likeness of men. Hallelujah. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Look, John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was co equal in the Godhead. And yet, he humbled himself even to the point of obedience. Let's look at Isaiah 9 6. For unto us a child is born. Who? Who is he born to? For? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now, this line right here gives me hope for the craziness that we have in our world right now today. This next line right here is what makes me understand that God's got this. Every time I watch Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, any of those channels, any time I watch that, I have to remember line three here. What does it say? And the government will be upon his shoulder. In other words, we can trust him to bring order in the midst of the chaos. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince Prince of Peace. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. And we'll go back to Isaiah 9 in just a second. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Thank you, Jesus. Now I could just run all over this stage. Now I could just jump up and down. We don't have a God that's distant. I've been to India where they told me that you have to ring a bell and clap your hands to get their God to wake up. I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying that's what they say they have to do to get their God to to wake up. They ring a bell. They clap their hands. See, worship is something very different for us. Praise. Praise is when we talk about what he does we've been talking about a lot about what he can do wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father but now we're going to talk about who he is because when you worship you begin to worship him for who he is but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin look he he was tempted just like you and I I know you're tempted during this time you're tempted to be sad you're tempted to be to be frustrated shake it off baby you're tempted to say, nobody cares about me right now. Nobody's inviting me. Nobody cares about where I'm at. I don't, I don't get a lot of phone calls. I didn't get a lot of cards this year. Baby, the best card you ever got was a love letter from heaven that said, God sent down his son for, <laughs> behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to, to all people. How many know that's everybody that was alive then and everybody that's alive today? This shall be to all people. Thank you, Jesus. So what am I saying this morning? Where am I going with this? Well, Isaiah, go back to Isaiah 9 for a second. And his name shall be called, what? Wonderful. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. What does it mean? The first truth I want to give you about him this morning as we begin to close. Guys, would you come to Come to the stage. The first truth is that there is wonder in his name. Say wonder. Wonder. There's wonder in his name. His name is wonderful. Three parts of that. Miracle signs, wonders. Miracle signs, wonders. He's the God who can do miracle signs, wonders. Would you begin to worship him for the fact that he is the God who can do miracle signs and wonders? Father, I thank you that you're a God who still can do miracle signs and wonders. But the greatest is that you are the miracle, the sign, and the wonder. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His birth was wonderful. His life was wonderful. His teaching was wonderful. His miracles were wonderful. His transfiguration we read about was wonderful. His death was wonderful. It was was wonderful in the sense that it makes you wonder in the sense that you go, wow, how did... His resurrection was wonderful. His ascension was wonderful. Everything about him was wonderful. Miracle signs, wonders. His second name is Counselor. Not only is there wonder in His name, but there's wisdom in His name. Turn to wisdom and say, there's wisdom, in his name. there's wisdom in His name. Three parts. Revelation, knowledge, understanding. Revelation, knowledge, understanding. If you're in the midst of a holiday and you just don't know how to deal with relatives, never been there before. You don't know what to do. He's the God who is wisdom. Revelation, understanding. Third name, what is it? Mighty God. Mighty God means the unlimited God. He is not limited. He doesn't have limited resources. He is the wealth. There is wealth in his name. Wealth of whatever you need. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Three parts. Omnipotent. Omnipresent. Omniscient. He is all-powerful. All-knowledgeable. Everywhere present at one time. Three parts. The three-part triune Godhead. Omnipotent. Omniscient. Omnipresent. He's also... Everlasting father, everlasting father, meaning there's worship in his name. We worship him. Jesus taught his disciples. How do you pray? They said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed. We hallow your name. We worship your name, your everlasting father, because there's three parts to an everlasting father. He's the progenerator. He's the protector, and he's the provider. The progenitor, he's the one who gave us his divine DNA, his blood. He's the one who protects us and he's the one who provides. And finally, he's prince of prince of three parts to peace, nothing missing. Nothing lacking. And nothing delayed. Nothing delayed. You so say, I, I felt like there was some... No, 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 no. Anything that seems like a delay was God allowing something to happen to set you up for something greater. Nothing lacking, meaning nothing, nothing missing. Nothing broken. Come on now, this is the year when we rise up and remember this holy child. The holy child of Israel. Would you stand up on your feet? He's the holy child of Israel. Whew.